Hello and welcome to the latest Scaramanga podcast. Um, it's Claire Scaramanga here today and uh, today I'm talking to our social media marketing manager Kieran McNeil um, and we're going to be covering Twitter where there's been quite a lot going on over recent months since um, uh, Elon Musk took over um, including uh, publication of their algorithm which has obviously since been updated. So Kieran what are your thoughts on what's going on with Twitter at the moment? It's very interesting. There's a new development pretty much every single day, new feature being added, new uh, code being shared, etc. You know, as we talk about the algorithm being published. Um, and Elon Musk actually makes it quite exciting because he was someone who was very active on the platform before his takeover. Um, I believe the original Twitter owner was quite active, but Elon Musk was very active on Twitter before he owned it. But now he does own it. It's kind of interesting seeing his approach to changing the platform. And we're seeing it as more pushing towards the user experience, but we're also seeing it affect B2B usage as well. And how's that? How are you finding that's changing, especially for mm. business, so, you know, usage and engagement? Yeah, one of the things that Twitter recently added was subscription services, or were you able to purchase the Blue Verify tick? Um, we'll talk about that a bit more because the tick system has changed drastically. But you're able to purchase the tick beforehand. I believe it was, I want to say, around $8 a month on mobile platforms, but on, no, sorry, it was $8 a month on the PC platforms, but on mobile platforms like iOS, it was around $12 a month, $11 a month. And this blue tick was said to increase your engagement, to give you access to editing your tweets, because before you couldn't edit your tweets at all. Um, and what was discovered when the algorithm was published, I think the first one, the first wave of the algorithm got published, I think over a month ago now, it was revealed that users who were buying the tick had a 30x increase on their engagement on average, which we tested that with a client who on the blue tick system. And we found that there have been instances where it's held, but also instances where it hasn't made much of a difference. So I think in that regards, it's like a 30x potential increase, um, but not a definitive one. So the, the value seems a bit questionable. But the blue tick was originally a, a, a Twitter-driven thing to show that, you know, for a celebrity or, or a political figure, that mm -hmm. it was a genuine account. Is that not Yes. Right? Yeah, the blue tick was initially only given out to verified users who, I guess, had any substantial reputation and purpose of having one, businesses, public figures, etc., um, so giving out the same blue verified tick to paid users caused a bit of issues. Um, those who actually had the old blue verified tick were able to keep them at that point, but people were able to purchase essentially the same tick. Um, and what we found very quickly happening on day one of Twitter allowing this is we saw people, I believe someone created a fake Twitter account of Nintendo. And they said some very racial and hurtful comments from that Twitter account, but people generally believed it was maybe coming from Nintendo themselves because they couldn't tell the difference between the legitimate Nintendo and this new fake account who bought the tick. Um, and I guess it was a troll, but it cost the person $8 to do the troll. But again, the reputation it could cause damage-wise. To Nintendo, of course. Yes, quite yes, substantial, yes. yes. And is, is you know Twitter under Elon Musk's leadership doing enough to combat this sort of identity issue and trolling issue? So what's happened in the last, I would say, few, I want to say month. In the last month, we've seen a lot of changes happen to the Verified Tick program. 
we've seen them introduce gold ticks, black ticks, special ticks for governmental figures, because they're really trying to push, our, we, you know, we want to keep people having the blue tick, but we also want public figures and organizations to stand out still. So basically they're going back to the old system of Twitter, but they're making it more subscription-based now because they want people to stand out. Um, and something that we've seen more recently is everyone who had the old legacy blue tick from being verified had it removed recently because they had they wanted a clean slate. But what was also discovered was that some people kept theirs and were given theirs. And Elon Musk has also come out saying that he's paying for certain individuals to keep their blue tick. People so, who've said that they won't pay for it themselves yes, so people, they people, don't agree with it. Perhaps. Yeah, and what, yeah. what we've seen on Twitter recently is we've seen kind of like... Um, a trolling mentality of, you know, a user might upload something and then the com- this and then a comment might be mocking the user for, oh, haha, you paid $8 for the tick. So mocking them for having the tick. And some people have come out and said, I didn't buy this tick. I haven't paid for this tick. I'm, and then that's when Elon Musk came out and mentioned that he is paying for certain individuals. I think he confirmed that he was paying for LeBron James. Um, I'm not too much sure about anyone else, but there are a few individuals yeah. who have claimed they're not paying for it and haven't. I mean, I can understand, you know, from, from when Musk took over, it, it became quite clear with some of the changes, with sacking a huge number of people, that Twitter was losing a lot of money every day. Mm-hmm. And so you can understand the um, need for some monetization. Um, it, it does certainly feel as though it might perhaps not have been thought through thoroughly enough, maybe. Um, and, and then there's some uh, new activity as well, isn't there, around advertising and controls on that yeah i mean i think the most recent monetized um, feature is subscriptions where you can now subscribe to a user and uh, so now users have um regular posting or regular tweets are now paid for tweets so if they post something let's say they post a paid tweet only those who subscribe to that user can see that tweet so copying a lot of other famous subscription service platforms um because creators on twitter had essentially no way to make money you weren't getting a cut of the share when you posted a very viral video. You weren't getting any money if you posted a very viral tweet. So now this is one of the features that they're taking from other platforms where it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, what we've seen is we've seen users develop newsletter strategies out there where they have a newsletter. They want to keep it a bit private. It's like, okay, well, pay $3 or so and you can view my newsletter that I post to Twitter now. So it's another stream of revenue. It's very new. Um, I would say the downside of that is personally from what I assume from my personal experience is that now my notifications on Twitter every single day I get a new one about oh this new feature's out we've subscribed to so and so and I believe when the feature got launched a lot of people complained that they were receiving um, wide mass notifications to subscribe to X individual so it's like is he promoting people who are his buddies or not obviously not but it's, it, feel, it fuels that kind of controversial um, theories that come up on Twitter as well, the Twitter users, mm. which kind of create more negativity as well. Because some of the people who are getting a lot of hate for being promoted in people's notifications about having this new uh, monetization open have mentioned, I didn't ask to be promoted like this. I'm just being pushed into people's notifications. Yeah. yeah. Um, is... Do you think, do you, is there a sense, I mean, because active people who are very active on Twitter, it, it, it's it's a part of their way of communicating, part of their culture. They're, they're quite, sort of people are advocates of Twitter. They're big fans of Twitter. Is, 
is this is this going to change? Do you think with um, with all of this development and monetization, is that going to affect people's usage of Twitter? My usage of Twitter has dropped personally. Um, I still use it quite a lot for following specific accounts, but I I definitely seen a trend. I mean, there was that um, report of that that art that um, interview that came out from the BBC with Elon Musk. I think two weeks ago or so now, where the main focus was around my newsfeed is more full of hate now can you prove it kind of thing but my newsfeed personally i'm seeing i'm not seeing more hate but i'm seeing a lot more spam a lot more spammy content self-promotion whenever i go onto any tweet now on twitter the top post will be someone promoting their only fans for example or this service or that service and i think that subscription um monetization model that they're pushing is promoting people to self-promote themselves so much on twitter so i'm not really seeing much in, uh, meaningful engagement really at from a personal consumer point of view as well yeah obviously that has an impact on on business um, you know we've been seeing that there are a number of new platforms coming up i mean when mm. earlier in the year when um, um shortly after musk had taken over mastodon appeared um but there are other platforms including uh, some by the founders the original founders of twitter what do you think what, what are your thoughts on those do you think they might be more successful is, is twitter doomed I feel like we've seen this many times before when Facebook does something controversial, oh, Facebook alternative, when YouTube has done something controversial, oh, this new platform comes. We've seen this many times before. The reality is the big dog remain the big dogs. Um, we have, I, I would say the whole Twitter versus Mastodon um, situation, I saw a lot more people moving to Mastodon than I've seen move to any other platform before. And I think a lot of it was to do with the fact that they don't like Elon Musk, they don't like what he stands for, they don't, maybe they don't like his ideologies or something along those lines. And Macedon kind of had a very good advertising point because with Macedon, you can't pay for ads. There's no ads on Macedon. You can't track business analytics. So it kind of makes businesses less likely to use Macedon. So it's quite a good, if you want to connect with people, it's quite appealing. Um, there's all the different servers on Macedon as well where you can find people specifically in your niche. Um, so it, it's got its pros and cons. I mean, Macedon was quite an old platform. Um, I think it's been around for quite a long time. It's just that Elon Musk purchasing Twitter rammed it up quite mm. a lot. Um, but I think they're kind of just a flash in the pan. I don't think there's much sustainable behind them. But I think Twitter's not doomed. No. Um, what about um, the new platform being developed by the original founder of Twitter? It's interesting when that happens because obviously there's a lot of pull and attraction behind it because it's like, well, they made this platform really good surely the next one will be as good but it's just it's just going to come down to marketing because a lot of people will be looking at it like well i've been using twitter i'm following twitter because i think the issue you have when you have these new platforms come up is i follow twitter i follow these x companies on twitter for news are those companies now going to be on the new platform or not and if they're not why would you move over to twitter mm. i think that's the issue people have why bother moving when you've got your whole life set already? Yes, yeah, you've got to have the audience there, haven't you, yep. for it to work? Yeah. And what we've seen in the past, I, we've seen this a lot more. I mean, we might see this with new platforms as well, but what we've seen with streaming websites, um, Twitch being the biggest one, but what we've seen with competitors to Twitch is that they, when they launch their new platform, they try and poach the big names from Twitch mm -hmm. over to their new platform um, because obviously their content is from them. So maybe we'll see something like that similar to Twitter maybe the top tweet people move over to the new platform, for example. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, looking at, at Scaramanga as an agency with our own strategy on Twitter for, mm -hmm. for us as an agency and also for our clients, what sort of, 
what's your thinking going? What sort of changes are you making to those strategies? I think the biggest thing right now on Twitter, I, so to talk about the algorithm quite briefly, um, the original algorithm that got posted, it raised a lot of eyebrows because they were valuing replying to comments at 1x, but a like was 30x. And I believe a retweet was 10x. So essentially pressing the like button was 30 times more effective than actually having comments and engagement in your post, which makes no sense. I don't think any other platform does that. Um, and people were very confused. Now, a week later, the algorithm was changed um, to rectify this. So now replying is the highest value that you can get on a post and liking is the absolute least. Um, and it made a lot, it didn't make much sense because a lot of people were going with the mindset that, oh, you know, replying, getting people replying was, is good engagement. But in reality, we don't know how long that algorithm was in effect for, but it was meaningless. No matter how, you know, if you was engaging with your audience, it really didn't matter too much. But now they've kind of gone back on the right direction. Now engaging does matter. So I think if you're a business and you really want to push on your Twitter, engaging with other Twitter users, replying to comments, replying to your followers' comments, you know, just building that community is the way to grow right now because um, you can't depend naturally on hashtags. The hashtags are very inflated and the amount of benefit that a hashtag brings is arguably very low now. Um, so yeah, you need that audience to build around a community. Yeah. Can you extend expand a little bit on, on your comments on hashtags? Yeah. So hashtags, obviously, um, for those who don't know or do know, um, you know, you put a hashtag in a post and it kind of categorizes that post into the hashtag feed that you put in. So if you put in hashtag social media marketing, your post will now appear in hashtag social media marketing. Someone searches for it. But the issue you have is when you're choosing a very trendy hashtag because of the millions of users on Twitter, your post gets vanished in an instant. So you might do a very controversial tweet. I mean, what's trending at the moment? I don't know off the top of my head, but in the other day, you know, you had the whole um, drone strike in Russia and that was the trending thing on Twitter. And normally you would assume, oh, if I put hashtag Russia or whatever, it'll go, my post should get viewed by a lot of people. But the reality <laughs> that that isn't the case um, because people, some people are just kind of skimming past it. But one thing that also came out about the algorithm was that certain keywords were being suppressed more than others. So more controversial topics wouldn't appear as much in your feeds. And I think we saw a lot of this happen, especially in the start of COVID, because uh, they wanted to limit misinformation. So they were putting limits on how many people or how much reach or a post would get if they included certain hashtags. Um, but I think hashtags don't have much value right now. You're better off getting that like, that comment, that engagement. Still worth doing, but the value is a lot less. Yeah. And the algorithm says so as well. Uh, are there any other changes that you're implementing? I think... There's a, so there's a lot of um, things that the algorithm wants to see. The algorithm wants to see you engaging with other users. Um, using photography was something that people use quite a lot, obviously, in the initial post. You know, imagery is always good. It catches people's attention. But what kind of the algorithm showed is that it doesn't make a difference for mm -hmm. the algorithm. Whether your post has an image or doesn't have an image, doesn't matter. It's happy regardless. Um, so we're just, we're just exploring things with different clients right now. We're testing out different things on ourselves as well. And we're seeing what works best. It's, it's, it's hard when the algorithm changes very frequently. And I believe there was another update issue to the algorithm, I think last weekend. So having three changes in a very short time span, it can throw off a lot of strategies. And I'm sure other social media managers out there are also going through the same thing. 
I mean, you mentioned imagery, um, so it may not have much impact on the algorithm, but um, I would imagine for many, the majority of human beings, probably visual impact is what will grab your attention. So yes. are you, is, is imagery still important? I think it's interesting because I think visual imagery does catch your attention, but at the same time, when you've got 10 posts with visual imagery and then one without it, that one without kind of stands out in its own right because it's like, oh, what's this post with no imagery? Um, one other thing that the algorithm really did not like was links. Having a link in the main body of your post would suggest that your post got really held back. So what people started doing was they would do the main body post, include an image, but then in the reply to the original post, they would put the link there. And that's what a lot of content creators are doing on YouTube and um, news outlets started doing that as well. And yeah, people found out links just aren't bad. Oh, sorry, isn't good to have. Um, and that's presumably because Twitter wants to keep users within. Yes, exactly. The yes, platform yes. Which makes sense. We've seen that with Instagram before. Instagram doesn't like links. Facebook doesn't like links. Of course, why would anyone want um, external links linked to other platforms as well? Mm. Um, and you, you sort of touched on sort of hate speech and trolling. And I think that's been one of the things that's been in the news that um, it, it was an issue. And you talked about you know, all the COVID stuff and things like that. How's, how's the new Twitter under Elon Musk addressing trolling, hate speech, misinformation, all of that side of things? I can't say what it's doing too much about hate speech and trolling because I think that's always going to be an issue. There's not much you can do around that. Um, I think with trolling, that's why they're trying to make it so verified users actually have some verification. I think a lot of organizations now have a gold tick to prove they are who they are. And public figures have I think, a black tick or a flag or along the lines of that. But the one thing I can mention is misinformation. This was currently, this was in place when Elon Musk, before he took over, but one thing that's definitely happened after is now Twitter set up this team of people to stop misinformation or to help not spread it. So when a trending topic goes viral in that tweet, there'll be a little caption that tells you about the facts of the post. Is it real? Is it not real? Um, I think the most recent one is this morning. There was a video going semi-viral of um, two people driving on in the States over a bridge one supporting Trump, a MAGA supporter, and the video showed the MAGA supporter ramming his truck into another truck. Now, that video was fake. It was from a video game, uh, Grand Theft Auto, but it looked really realistic. But in the um, facts section on the on that tweet, it said that this clip is fake. So they are cracking down and explaining the basics to people. And you can imagine during the during the start of the Ukrainian war there was a lot of fake clips going around a lot of fake information going around there were clips from uh, shooting video games going viral saying oh this is happening in ukraine but you know it was a video game so twitter's doing quite well on stopping misinformation but it's quite hard because twitter has a very freedom of speech approach yeah fine line to walk um thank you very much for all of that here and i think the final question is um looking forward Where's your sort of impression? Where do you think Twitter will be and businesses in terms of using Twitter as a, as a marketing tool? If we, if we were sitting down in, in May 2024, what do you think might have changed? What's the journey that Twitter might have gone on? I think I think even a month from now is very ambitious to guess where. No, I think, okay, yeah, completely consumer-wise, I don't think it's going to change too much. I think you're still going to use it if you're using it as a normal, regular user. I know some people have been turned off by it, but it's still going to be one of the big platforms to use as a business. 
you know, you still, you can't deny the massive audience reach it has still, that's not gone away, that's still there. Um, it's more about the alternatives. If you move from Twitter, what are you doing as well? Are you going, are you, are you focusing your strategy more on LinkedIn or Facebook, which might be the best approach for some people. You, as a business, you may see that Twitter brings you less engagement, less reach, and you might want to not necessarily close up shop, but you might want to move and put your resources into a different platform or um, enforce your current strategy. Um, so it's hard to say what will change about Twitter, but I think right now it's probably the least B2B friendly it's been. And currently going down that very pay to play, pay to win route that we saw with Facebook, where Facebook pretty much killed off near all organic engagement and is now, you know, on Facebook, it's boosters post, pay for this, pay for that. And we're slowly seeing that happen with Twitter, but in a subscription service sense. And maybe next month there's a boost this tweet feature, maybe. On Twitter. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be too surprised. I could put money on it, but I think we're going to see more pay to play yeah. on Twitter, which is not that great for B2B businesses. And given that Elon was forced uh, to, because uh, he wanted to withdraw from his purchase of Twitter, but was forced to go ahead with it, do you think he'll be in for the long term? I think he's enjoying it as a fun project. And I, I think uh, I, saw, I saw a tweet from a user the other day and it was quite funny it, it was it was summing up that this is you know twitter twitter right now is what happens when you give a billionaire his own playground yeah elon musk is using it as his way to just have fun experiment and one feature they tested out was live streaming so they wanted to introduce live streaming onto twitter as well so they're really trying to upgrade the platform but at some point does it become too much too many new features the short time span all costing money yeah so we see with facebook facebook has a massive load, load of features right now um sometimes short is simple is better yeah but a very competitive space yes yeah thank you very much kieran um that's great and um thank you everyone for listening to our podcast and uh um listen out for the next edition coming soon thanks very much bye bye